This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The glossing detangler and perfect conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. I am so excited for today's episode. Um, uh, Some of you, most of you, nobody really knows this, but maybe I've talked about it once or twice. When I was younger, I really wanted to be a songwriter and a singer and I'm tone deaf, so that obviously didn't work out. But I have multiple like songwriting books and poetry books and like blogs out there that are super secret and private. So don't go looking because you're not going to find them. But they are filled with songs that I wrote in like elementary school, middle school, high school. I have a whole like website about this one boy when I was in like seventh grade that I wrote. Um, and yeah, I basically for years, I would put all of my emotions, all of my feelings and all that into these songs that like, first of all, I'm literally tone deaf. So nobody was ever going to hear them. But at the time, I thought that like I could sing, which I could not. Um, though my parents like to think that I could. But yeah, so that combined with the fact that I used to work in music, and I've always like music's been such a big part of my life. And I've always been so fascinated by the whole songwriting and production process. I've been really dying to have uh, a singer songwriter artist on this podcast. And I really wanted to dig into how songs get made based on people's life experiences and the things that happen because 
Every song comes from a person who wrote it, who has experienced something and felt something and was able to turn that into lyrics, into something, this piece of art for the world to hear. And I think that is one of the most incredible things in the world because then we listen to it and we feel so connected to it. We've felt like we've all heard songs before. We're like, oh my God, this person was in my brain. Like, how did this person know exactly what I'm feeling right now? This song is exactly what I needed to hear. Or like, we'll hear a song and we'll send it to a friend because we know that it's going to connect with that friend because of something they're currently going through or something they've experienced. And I just think the world of music is so incredible and one of a kind and something that is just so beautiful. And I've really wanted to talk to somebody about the process of them turning their experiences into songs. So today I'm bringing on the absolutely incredibly talented singer, songwriter, artist, Gail. She is 17 years old. She's based in Nashville. She just had a song called ABCDEFU come out. And she is amazing. First of all, and I'm, I tell her this when we record, but like the fact that she's 17, no, she's not. There's no way. I don't believe it. Um, but she has had so many experiences that are, of course, personal to her, but we could all kind of relate to. And she's been able to turn those into incredible pieces of art in the form of music. And I am so excited for everyone to hear this. So first and foremost, before I get into the episode, I'm not kidding. Like I, I want you to pick up your phone or on your computer, go to Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to music, go to YouTube, whatever, and search Gail, that's G-A-Y-L-E, and go listen to the song A-B-C-D-E-F-U, spelled exactly those letters. And then you can come back to this. I'm going to wait. If you haven't done it yet, please do. I promise you will not regret it. Okay, holy shit. If you just listen to it, you know why I'm saying holy shit. Like, whoa. All right. Now that we've all listened, now that we're all on the same page, I am going to bring Gail in. Let's do it. All right. And we have Gail in the house coming in to seeing other people straight from Nashville. Gail, welcome to seeing other people. Hi. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you here. Ever since I heard you were coming on, I'm like, hell yes. And I've also been listening to ABCDEFU on repeat. So (laughs) super pumped. Why don't you introduce yourself and who you are to the listeners? Yes, my name is Gail. I am a 17-year-old artist based in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm a songwriter, and I write my own music, and I write for other artists, too, and um, I just came out with a song um, on August 13th called ABCDEFU, and yeah, that that is me. (laughs) And it's incredible, and the first thing that I will say, and this is what I said to Zach, too, is like, you listen to that song, and then you find out that you're 17, and it's like, what the hell? How? How? Like, I, you seem more mature than like, I'm 27. And you seem more mature than most people my age, <laughs> especially like emotionally mature. <laughs> Thank you. So which like, makes me a little frightened for like the things you've had to deal with when it comes to like dating and relationships, but also is really impressive. And like, just applaud yourself. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really am excited to have a conversation about kind of how our dating experiences and, and relationships ups and downs kind of fits into music. Because as we all know, like the majority of songs out there are based on like love and, and romance mm-hmm. and dating and heartbreak and 
loneliness and all of these things that we go through, which is why they're so relatable. And when I heard ABCDEFU for the first time, I was like, oh my God, like I've felt all of these things. And that's definitely something where like, I want to kind of get into it and break it down. But I think one thing that really would be like a great place to start is kind of like your writing process. So background for you and for those listening who don't know is I actually started out working in the music business. And the reason was because I felt so connected to so many artists because of the things that they were able to like put into their lyrics and their songs. And so it's always been really fascinating for me that people can turn those emotions like into art that other people can connect with. So in terms of this specific single and and other work that you do, how do you kind of take your experiences and, and things that you've heard of and and transform it into this? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it was for me, the way ABC kind of came out, it also came out in like in a very extreme way. Um, I think a lot of it was because I was bottling up my feelings. You know, I was in a relationship and I was tr- tr- and we broke up and I felt guilty. I'm the type of person where like, if I break up with somebody, I instantly regret it. I'm like, why did I do that? I want I want to take it back. I want to take it back. But I, like, you can't break up with somebody and like take it back. And if you do, then like you kind of regret it. And then it's just like this like big cluster. Um, and so it was kind of one of those things where we broke up and I felt really guilty for waking up with him and I kind of regretted it um, because he was he was literally like one of my best friends at the time. And um, <laughs> and then I I was trying really, really hard to be his friend. Like I was trying to be like the amicable, amicable ex-girlfriend. Like he literally, we had like a friend group, mutual friend group, and like he started dating somebody kind of pretty soon after we broke up, which wasn't I wasn't too hurt by but I was like calling him like asking like yo like how's your life hey bud like how's Mm -hmm. the girl how's the girlfriend like I was actually genuinely trying to like be his friend like try and be a nice person and because of that a lot of things in the past in our relationship I that definitely could have pissed me off I wasn't letting like I was just bottling it up or I was kind of just blocking it out and even things after the breakup like I anything that he would do that had the possibility of pissing me off I would just shut off like I would just not mm. let myself feel it and like even my best friends like come on like we we write a lot of our songs together and like I was writing these super like self-deprecating songs like I'm the worst I ruined everything like I'm a horrible person and then um we had a mutual friend and basically this mutual friend was like oh no he's talking mad shit about you like no. I was like what? Like he was basically talking about how I wasn't over him, how I wanted to be with him, how I was jealous of his relationships and um, just not in like calling me a child, like just specific things where I was just like, okay. Um, I was trying to, and I was kind of mad that I didn't let myself be mad. You know, I was like, I had to right. wait until somebody was talking shit to be pissed off. Like, no, yeah. I should just let myself be pissed off. And so then I kind of went, to this writer's room with my best friend Sarah Davis who's co-writer of mine that I write I work with a lot um and I was like it's time it's time and I just started thinking about it because I always tried so hard to get his family to like me they never really they didn't want to like me um and so when I you know because they had the ex that they really liked so when I kind of came in they weren't necessarily and I tried so hard to get Mm -hmm. them to like me that I didn't even realize that like I didn't like them like they were assholes 
goals, you know? And I was like, I was in the session and I was like, fuck, I hate his mom. And I hate his sister. Like his car, he bought a Craigslist car that only worked for literally two weeks. Like maybe even that. Like he bought it for like $800 and it broke down and he couldn't even drive it. And like, it was just one of those things where I was like, fuck it, his car. And he had this job that he thought he was like the shit for having that I like tried so hard to be like the supportive with. And like, I was just like, fuck, I like hate all of this. And I I didn't even know it, you know? Yeah. And so then ABCDFU was born. I mean, I love that story. First of all, but second of all, like there are so many different pieces of that that are so relatable in like the worst way, because First of all, like you tried to take the high road. You tried to be like you, you were in a friend group. So you tried to keep that normal. You tried to stay friends and you also like regretted breaking up with him and and you felt bad and you felt guilty. And you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to reach my hand out and see if we can keep this friendship alive, even if the relationship isn't. And then like, you kind of put aside your feelings to do that. And then to like have things turn around and hear that this is how he was talking about you behind you're back when you were trying to like do the most to be yeah. a good person and and kind of keep the peace like that's that's really tough and that's I mean that's just got to be like a knife in the back but I'm when it comes to like the whole pouring all of these things into the song and, and releasing the song like were you nervous about the fact that like you knew he was going to hear it and his family was going to hear it and what was that like? Cause that's kind of like, it's almost like these are like your inner thoughts. These are your inner feelings. Yeah. And, and most people don't end up hearing the, those true deep down things, but you were putting it all out on the table for them. Yeah. It's honestly kind of funny because I never told him that I found out he was talking shit about me. I actually stopped talking to him out of nowhere. Like we would call once a month and I stopped returning his texts, his calls, all that. I just kind of like, yeah pulled the plug on communication and funny enough the girl that he dated that I hate we're actually like friends now like we actually like like she's my girl like she's literally she's from Texas and she's literally stayed at my house in Nashville I assume they're not dating anymore not anymore that lasted literally lasted like two days Uh, (laughs) but and I think one thing that pissed me off too was all of the shit he did with me he did with her and oh I was like, you're God. supposed to be better. Like, you're yeah. supposed to be like, the lesson was supposed to be learned, you know, yep. but, but it wasn't in that. But I think, you know, like, I, I never got a confirmation if he's heard it or not. I don't even know if he, like, still checks up on me. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, honestly, like, I, it's, you know, he, he did a lot of shit. And yeah. I... I'm okay with the fact that he's hearing it. Obviously, like, I don't want him, I don't wish him, like, the worst. I just, uh, specifically in one point, I really, really, really was like, fuck you, fuck your mom, fuck your sister. It came on a very intense way, and I'm really happy that I was able yeah. to capture that moment of time how I'm feeling, but I, I feel less that way towards him now, you know? Like, I wish mm-hmm. him the best. I want him to have a good life, just not with me in it, you know? I'll watch far 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 away from him yeah but honestly I hope his mom hears it I hope his dad hears it I hope they know exactly how I feel well it's also (laughs) like you were trying so hard to make them like you and to to be nice and like they just made these judgments whatever they were about you because you were somebody else besides the person they liked and like that's something that like hopefully they do hear it and think about that and think about the fact that like here was this girl who was just trying to like 
be with our son and in, enjoy us. And this is how we made her feel like that's not, yeah. that's not okay. Yeah. And I know we recently put out an episode where a girl's like really serious relationship with this guy did not work out because his parents straight up did not accept her for who she was, for her ethnicity, her, mm-hmm. like her weight, her job status, her, everything. And it is so crazy, like how much family involvement can impact a relationship, which is why I specifically loved like that, that line of bringing everyone into it, obviously, except for the dog. Except for the dog, not the dog. The dog was adorable. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> I always hear people like after breakups being like losing the dog, like was the hardest thing. Like I oh, loved their cool. dog. Like, yeah. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right. All right. I know that everyone has their hands up and I get it. I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off farmer-owned, Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. Brave the uncomfortable. Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from. And if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. 
That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating, and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. Have you ever written any songs where it's almost been like too deep or like the emotions from any situation were like too raw where you're like, I'm writing this for me, but like the world is never going to hear this? Yes. Um, And it's not even at the point where it's like the world's never going to hear this, but there's times where I'm like, I'm not ready for anybody to hear this. You know, Mm -hmm. like this is something where like I need to get these emotions out here, but I'm not ready for like, it's even like, um, it's I I think about sometimes like random like that one girl I met in middle school like listening to that song and that personal experience that like a lot of times it's like a sadness you know and then it's like okay yep I'm not ready for like that specific person to have the ability to hear those feelings coming from me nope you know but at, at at some point I'm like okay this this is it means enough to me where it needs to be I need to have like the strength to be able to put it out eventually, but there's definitely times where I'm like, mm-mm, not yet. Mm-hmm. Nope. Mm-mm. Yeah. I, I totally get that. It's so funny. Cause I, when I was growing up, I would write songs and it's like, I look back on them and I'm like, Holy shit. How was I feeling these things when I was in seventh grade? Like when <laughs> I was in ninth grade and I mean, I'm glad that I know that they never went anywhere. They were actually surprisingly pretty good. I will say. Oh. Um, but it, it, I mean, it takes a lot of strength to really like share your emotions and, and everything that's inside of you, like with people. And so, I mean, I really respect that you do that and anyone else who's a songwriter does that. Um, in terms of like songwriting and collaborating with other people, is it ever like, what's it like kind of turning someone else's emotions into lyrics or like when you're sitting in, in that room working on a song and it's it's not your song but it's someone else and like how does that work you know a lot of it is like when you're a writer and you're the writer in the room 
the artist has like a story to tell. They have an emotion or something specific that they want to get across. And it kind of depends on the artist. Like there's times where they walk in and they're like, this is a general vibe that I want, Mm -hmm. or they have this concept. And like the biggest thing as a writer is helping an artist get their story across and say the things that they want to say. And so it is a really like, it's a good feeling when you're able to help somebody say the things that they want to say and like tell their story, but you have to get vulnerable. Like that's the hardest thing about in sessions. Like you're like with complete strangers. I mean, eventually you kind of find the people you like and work with them consistently, but even still like when you're like going to LA or you're like traveling to different places and meeting artists and writers, like you have to like be like, okay, so here's this thing that happened to me that I want to be able to write about and they have to like tell their story. And then you kind of have to like take the pieces and like turn it into something. But also like you have to give the artist the, uh, the room to lead the direction to, you know, you can't, especially if you're like, I naturally at times lean towards an artist as a writer, you know, cause mm-hmm. I write a lot for my artist project, but I also write for other writers. And so I have to purposely like, take a step back, give them the room, give them the time to like make their decisions and say the things that they want to say and then find my place in the supporting role of the writer. Yeah, that's got to be tough. I know. So I used to manage a band and everyone who who listens to the podcast knows that I I ended up dating one of the people in the band and he ruined my life um, as they do. Boys do. Yep. Um, And it, it was always really really fascinating to to like know like what sessions they were going into whether they were doing it for their own artist project or if they were doing it as songwriters and producers with mm-hmm. other people and it was always so interesting to see what came out of it and there were some situations where it's like they would write a song with with like another artist or for another artist specifically and I'd be like no but like you guys need that song like that's your story or like oh that's their story but like it sounds good for you like it it's so interesting the whole the whole world of of songwriting and and producing and everything that goes on behind the scenes that most people don't know about because mm-hmm. there are so many different layers to it yeah yeah it's it's a lot and it's hard to like make your place into a room because there's a fine line of like you need to have your own spin as a writer mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of writers like julie michaels is a great example like a lot of times you can tell when julie michaels was like a writer on a song you mm-hmm. know but still is able to give like an artist the space for them to put their own artistry to it but she still has her own signature style as a songwriter and so it's like trying to find that in between of like not not putting yourself into a song as a writer, but then also like letting an artist put their own spin on it. Yeah, for sure. So one one question I had about there's a specific line I know kind of a little more now after hearing the actual story, mm-hmm. but um, when you say like I was into you, but I'm over it now, is that something you would ever say if like? that wasn't yet true like let's say you were trying to get over someone is that something you would say or like can you really only can you only write things that are like true to you um I think sometimes it's like a 50 50 it kind of depends and I think also through the years like when I become like every year I become a better songwriter it's just Mm -hmm. because especially once I'm like writing songs I roughly try and write like at least 100 songs a year like that's kind of like a minimum for me um Mm -hmm. just because I'm neurotic and I'm like I need songs like for some reason I have like this idea in my head like I have 
to get it out. And so there's times where I like something happened to me when I was like 14, but now I'm 17 and I'm able to, I think I'm a better writer. And so I want to try and take that situation that happened to me and try and like put it into better words now, you know? Mm -hmm. And so there's definitely times where I haven't, this specific thing hasn't happened to me in this moment, but it's happened before. And I'm trying to like take those feelings and rewrite them again. Um, There are definitely times where like, I think I'm over somebody and then I see them in person and I'm like, Oh, no, like it's so easy when you're like over a phone screen and you're not looking at their Instagram and you're not talking to them on Snapchat and you're not texting them or calling them. And you're like, I'm great. I'm over it. And then you see them in person and you're like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Um, even in that instance, I think I was like, I was definitely over the relationship I think the friendship I was still a bit attached to and I was kind of sad to lose that. But at that point he was, he wasn't really my friend if he was talking shit about me, you know? Yeah, I totally get that. So a question for you about living in Nashville. Mm -hmm. When you, as, as a a singer, songwriter, artist in, in Nashville, do you find that like, are you, are you kind of dating within the same pool of people? It's like, it's people who are also pursuing the same thing or that when somebody like when you meet somebody, it's like they want to be dating somebody in that world. Because I feel like, I mean, it's a whole world out there. Yeah. So I feel like there, there's a lot of feelings. There's a lot mm-hmm. of emotions going on among that network. Mm-hmm. So like, what what has that been like for you? <laughs> you know, I used to say, I so I started coming back. I'm originally from Texas, but I started going back and forth when I was 10. So I've been here for like seven years. Mm-hmm. And I used to say like, no musicians. Like that was my number one rule of myself. As I was like growing up in Nashville, I was like, no musicians. That mm-hmm. did not particularly. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things, things happen, you know. Um, you tried. I tried. I really, really tried. But then. It's interesting because for the longest time, I was very avoiding musicians, avoiding trying, especially because I was younger. A lot of the times I was like a 16 year old around a bunch of like 20 somethings that mm. weren't going to touch you with like a 10 foot pole, which is totally fine and understandable. Like I get it. You know it's what? Fine. Good for them. Good for them. I get it. Like, we, that, I, I'm shocked to hear that, to be honest. <laughs> like I, I respect it. I wasn't trying to be like, hey, at like yeah. 16, you know? Um, <laughs> But now that I'm closer to 18, sometimes I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Almost there, getting there. <laughs> you know? But I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble. But um, but like I would, I honestly, I went for the musician's brothers. That was the one thing that I did once was I went, I was, <laughs> I had a music friend who's around my age and I went for the older brother because I thought that would like, maybe like it's not that they did music but they were around it all the time so they would kind of like understand understand. get it that was like one thing I tried and like honestly it was really interesting because this person had no respect for what I was doing like music wise that they genuinely like had no respect or understanding of like the work that I was putting into it um and even that I was trying to like I always almost went for these like normal high school boys to get a sense of normalcy. I was homeschooled. And so like, I wanted this like super like down the middle, like super like 
Southern gentleman, basic type of boy who like wants to work a desk job for the rest of their life and like go super like normal path in life and like just mm-hmm. to give me a sense of like normalcy and stability. But then like with that, there was a lack of respect for like my life and my choices. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, even with like what I've seen with musicians, it's like when you're writing songs with people you're giving you're literally like giving your soul like you're bearing your soul to people and so it's like if you're like this like attractive 20 year old girl and there's like this attractive like 22 year old producer it's a guy and like this girl's like bearing my i'm basically bearing my soul and then they write the song and they're gonna work on the production and then they like work on it for like three or four hours and they already had like a four hour ride. So there's already spent eight hours together. And like, you know what? I'm hungry. We're going to get dinner. And then all of a sudden you're at dinner together and then you're telling mm-hmm. your stories. And it's like, it, it's such a personable thing. It's really, it's sometimes like an accident where you're like, I have spent like 10 hours with this person and they just bought me dinner. Like, you know, um, and a lot of the times with me, it's always been professional, but I can definitely see and I've seen it happen with people when they're like, that was an accident, but mm-hmm. it happened, you know. Yeah. I, so. I I weirdly relate <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, A, I had, a, I had a really bad history of only going for guys who either worked in music or were musicians or were mm-hmm. like managers. They get and, you. I don't know yeah. how, but they get you. It, they really do. And, and for me, especially like because I was in that world, it, it worked for them where, like you said, like the older brother didn't really understand or like respect what you were doing. It's like, mm-hmm. it worked for them because I did, I knew exactly what they were doing. I knew exactly why they were doing it and the work that had to go into it. And like, I was so supportive of it. And I think that's why it worked for them. And for me, it was like, I couldn't be an artist. So because I'm like, I'm literally tone deaf. So I wanted to like be around the music world in the way that I could, which was using like my create creativity and, and like design skills and all whatever, everything I do. And yeah, I mean, I literally like the first time I was in a stu- the studio with this guy that one of the guys I was managing, I literally texted my friend being like, I'm screwed. Like I'm, I'm done. This is, yeah. this is not, this is yeah. going to happen. Like, I, I don't yeah. know what to do at this point yeah. because like, yeah, he just bared his soul to me. <laughs> and, and that's something that in, in terms of dating, it's like when somebody opens up to you like that, of course, you're going to like start to get feelings. Of course, you're going to be like, wait, what's happening here? Even if it is in a professional setting, it's almost just like, it, it's something's there. And then like, like you said, you go to dinner, like you end up grabbing a drink or not. Like, and you get yeah. caught and it's just like, Oh, yep. No. Yep. Yeah. Or even like, because of that, I have some of the closest friends that I will ever have because I've made music yeah. with them. And like, and one thing that I also think is a great thing about music and even just being in a music city is like, there's people I wouldn't even normally be friends with, but because we already had something in common, that was like a starting place for a friendship. Totally. You know? that, that's what I say about all the people who I like do end up recording with like mm-hmm. other people who have podcasts. Like I go on theirs, they come on mine. And it's like, we have this mutual like passion for this thing that we do. So we like get it. Yeah. Um, okay. So one thing I was going to go with there, have you ever, okay. A, have you ever had a song written about you to your knowledge is my first question. Go. Do you feel like you're at a crossroads in your love life? 
maybe you're in the thick of modern dating or you're wondering if the person you're with is your person. Whatever your situation, I have the perfect podcast for you. It's called Dateable, your insider's look into modern dating, hosted by Julie Krafchick and Yue Shu. They talk about it all, from why you're choosing the wrong partner and how to stop, to how to actually go from matching on the app to getting on a date, to securing your anxious attachment and everything in between. Julie and Yue have been on Seeing Other People, and I've been a guest on their podcast too, so if you're looking for a great starting point, check out my episode of Dateable, season 15, episode 10, Is It Chemistry or Anxiety? Guys, this podcast is incredibly relatable, insightful, and oftentimes hilarious. Wherever you start, Dateable will help you feel inspired to date differently and create a love life that works for you. You can subscribe and listen to episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts every Wednesday and Sunday. So check out Dateable and thank me later. (laughs) Yeah. And how was that experience? (laughs) (laughs) Basically, I... (laughs) <laughs> it actually wasn't like a dating thing it was i was um really good friends with somebody i'm not mm-hmm. gonna be be too specific and they nope. wrote a song basically being like it was like i don't know why i put tears in your eyes or something wow. and i heard it once and then i wrote a song back because you know the drama and i, I said <laughs> next song my song was because okay the song in retaliation was big girls don't cry over little boys um i okay now my chills just intensified so much like i gotta rush through my body (laughs) i was was like 15 and like this person was pretty on the younger side too um and it just pissed me off that they thought they made me cry you know and so then i was like big girls don't cry over little boys and i think the song was like at one point i remember i was like heaven knows why i put tears in your eyes and the bridge for my song was hell no (laughs) hell knows why hell knows why you think you put tears in my eyes wow oh my god it's like this literally reminds me of so like teardrops on my guitar and taylor Mm -hmm. made a pass at joe jonas and then in a song that he did it's like it was um, the song called much better. It's like, now I'm done with superstars and all the teardrops on her guitar. And there was something that had just happened and like between them and in concert, he goes, now I'm done with country stars. Like literally like called her out as if teardrops on her guitar wasn't enough, like straight up called her out when it's just so crazy. And I mean, it's the same shit with like the whole Olivia Rodrigo, Joshua Bassett, Serena Carpenter Mm -hmm. thing. It's so wild how that happens. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And like, I, I now try hard to not get a song written about me. (laughs) You know, I'm trying, I'm trying my best to make sure that doesn't happen, but, um, there's also some songs that like may have been may or may not have been written about me but i wrote a song back to them yeah because like it'll be fun Mm -hmm. um but yeah i've i've only gotten like one written about me that i like know for sure okay i want to hear it um (laughs) okay my next question is the flip side of that how do you think like anyone who approaches the idea of like dating you is this something that they might be fearing like, okay, if it doesn't go well, or if it does go well, or whatever happens, like this is, this is going to be what she writes about. Like this is going to turn into her work. Like, and has anyone ever like brought that up to you as a concern? Many times. (laughs) Like I, so there's one boy that, um, we've, we've broken up multiple times, but like the first time 
he was basically like, you can write a song about me as long as it's not bashing me. <laughs> and then I was like, did you just tell me what to do? <laughs> not going to work. Like, and mm. this was like after us bringing up, he's like, you can write a song about me as long as it's not bashing me. And I was like, well, uh, didn't work out. And there's, there's definitely been boys who, um, just people in general where they're kind of scared, especially because I, I really started getting bitchy in my songs like a year, year and a half ago, like going hard. Like ABC Mm -hmm. is a good example. I have another song called like your mom and like the hook of it is like, I feel, (laughs) I kind of feel sorry for your mom knowing that half of you's your fault. Like, wow. Like getting like mean. And, and so there's definitely a couple, couple boys who are like, please don't do that. Please don't write a song about me. And I just say, don't piss me off and you'll be fine. That's so funny. Yeah, I wouldn't want to date you. I'd be afraid. Just don't do anything inspiring in any way. We'll be fine. That is so funny. Yeah, I mean, I know I've had that happen. And like just with me talking about dating Mm -hmm. as my job. And I know like that's been something that people have brought up like on the first date is like are you gonna talk about me on the podcast and I'm like it depends like are you gonna give me something like worth talking about and yeah. the, the craziest thing was I went on this one date with this guy and it was pretty terrible and then at the end he was like so like am I gonna be listening to like a recap of our date on the podcast I'm like and and here's the, the thing is 20 minutes before we were like talking about stuff and he asked if I was in therapy and I told him I was like like we were talking about like therapy and he's like, yeah, like you should definitely stay in therapy. You have a lot to work through. And so he goes like, are you going to talk about me on the podcast? I go, yeah, I'm probably going to say that I went on a date with the guy who told me I needed to be in therapy. Yeah. The fuck? Like what? <laughs> Which is crazy. And then he, and then, and then he followed up a few weeks later asking why I, he was sh- like shocked that I didn't ask him on another date. I'm like, Mm, check yourself but <laughs> it's because but your it, therapist told you not to yeah it's just it's such a fine line to walk but um I mean I I think everything that you've like been able to turn it into is awesome and I <laughs> wish I could do all that um And again, this is a friendly reminder that this is September and this is our calm month and the best way to be calm Mindset Wellness CBD's Calm Gummies. Also, they're Calm CBD Drops if you don't like the gummies, but you should because they taste amazing and they're gluten-free and they're vegan and non-GMO and organic. And again, they taste amazing. So I hope you guys are finding ways to stay calm. And you know what? If listening to this podcast is one of those ways that you do it, I love that for you. And I love that for me. And I love that for Mindset Wellness CBD. And I love that for Gail, our guest. And if you haven't done that yet and you want to, Try the Calm Gummies, the Calm Drops, anything to help you stay calm this month, head to MindsetWellnessCBD.com. Nope, just kidding. It's MindsetWellness.com. Of course, use code seeing other people at checkout. That'll get you 10% off and free shipping, which again, stay calm. Helps you. Let's go. Back to the episode. One question that I have, knowing that you're 17 and knowing like where where you've been and like what you've gone through and stuff and how mature you seem, like is it, I know you said like you tend to go for like people's like older brothers maybe, but like, is it tough to date people your own age? And I know the thing with like big girls don't cry over little boys. I can imagine that. I mean, I remember being 17 and like boys are not mature. Boys are hardly mature in their mid twenties. So what (laughs) your face says everything right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's tough out there. Honestly, I'm just holding out till I turn 18 
in September. Um, actually, it is September. It oh my is gosh. September. September 6th, I'll be single for one year. And we're going to make it two because I'm just waiting till I'm 18. I'm biding my time because I've tried so hard to like do the like my age thing. And it just really it also like I graduated high school last year. And so like any boy that's really my age, they're either about to go to college, which already puts a time limit there, which I don't particularly mind. Like I'm not trying to find like the love of my life that I'm trying to marry right now. But um, that already puts kind of like. We're probably going to have to break up for college. And then if I know anybody younger, like they're still in high school and there's just a bit of like a life difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like with somebody who's like doing music, that's my age. That can also be kind of like a harder thing, especially kind of depends like how seriously they're taking it. Like I was homeschooled doing music and there's a difference when you're like in school doing music and like you just focus on it less and so there can be different types of like how serious it is um and so yeah especially like maturity I think girls just mature faster than boys Mm -hmm. and also I'm in like Tennessee that can be a little little tough sometimes but Mm -hmm. um, you know I I just I, I I deal with what what's around and but I I really haven't found anybody that's like that's my age that I'm like, yes, I'm going to commit to this, you know? Yeah. You have time. You have time, yeah. but I, I definitely feel for you on that. Um, okay. One thing I, I was listening to your song, Dumbass, which is great. Everybody go pause this episode right now, head over to Spotify, Apple, whatever you listen to, listen to Dumbass and then come back. Um, <laughs> but there was one line that really stuck with me and it was, you were talking about like the fear of never being good enough, holding you back. Mm. And I think that's something that all of us have felt at one point or another in our lives. And I think it's it's something that's really difficult to get through because when you feel like you're not ever going to be good enough, it's like, how do you, like you're already talking to yourself in a certain way. So how do you kind of say like, no, I am good enough. Like you can't just like flip a switch like that. So I'm wondering how, if if you've gotten past that or if that's something like you're still struggling with and, and kind of how you've been like dealing with that and maybe trying to like change the narrative to that, like you are good enough, you know, and not being held back by that. Yeah. I think a lot of it for me is doing the things that I like. Like I, I like my hair. I like my nose piercing. I like the way that I dress and I love my friends and my family. And so I, I, there's times where I'm like, obviously like scared of like people not liking me and me not being good enough for the public eye or just, in music in general, but I know that all I can do is just give it my all, like give it my best. Like even with like ABC, like that was one of, that is like the best I could do in this moment of time. That is literally like the best song that I can possibly write. And if you don't like that, you just don't like me, which is okay. People are allowed to have that opinion, but I know that everything I do, I try my hardest at and that is literally all I can do you know obviously I have my insecurities but I can't let them control me trying my best because I don't want to look at something and be like I could have done better like if people like even with if there's a song that I really said I didn't really love and somebody was like I hate that and if I agree with them like they won you know like I I wasn't giving it my all and I was just letting myself like okay because it's scary if you like 
put yourself out there like the best thing that you can possibly make and say here this is me and if they don't like it you don't like me you know and that's a scary thing but all I can do is just give everything my all and do the things that I like and surround myself with people that I like and that I trust to tell me when I suck and don't let my insecurities control my actions um, but it's definitely, it's a definitely a thing that I struggle with. I mean, I am a 17 year old girl. I am insecure. You're supposed to, you're supposed to be insecure. Like, yeah. and that might not, like some of that never goes away. It's yeah. okay. It's okay. And like, I just, I, I just have to not let it affect every single thing that I do in my life. I can't let it control me. I have to allow myself to feel it and give myself space so it doesn't eat at me all the time but Mm -hmm. I just can't let it like affect me like that yeah that's that's that was like so beautifully said and such good advice for anyone in in whatever they're trying to do with their lives and also in with dating because sometimes we're like oh I'm not going to be good enough for this person like Mm -hmm. for this guy I'm going on a date with for this girl for this person on the other side of the table but it's like it's not about like not being good enough it's about like yeah, maybe it the date doesn't go well, or maybe it goes well, and then they tell you they're not interested. That doesn't mean you weren't good enough. That just means that you're not the right fit. Mm-hmm. And that is okay. That yeah. is normal. And there are going to be times where you're going to be on the opposite side of that, where you're going to go on a date with someone. They're perfectly fine. They're perfectly great. They're just not great for you. And mm-hmm. again, that's also okay, but it's just tough because we never think about how that person's feeling. We always focus on when we're not seemingly good enough rather than Mm -hmm. like oh well like it happens like I go on dates with people that I don't like also it's like we always just put the pressure on ourselves where it's like well it didn't work out and that person didn't like you so nobody's ever gonna like you and it's like no that's not true not how it works it's not how it works but sometimes it feels like it you know yes when you're in it of course it feels like it yeah they don't think I'm perfect yeah um okay so I want to hear about some of your favorites when it comes to music. So what is, do you have a favorite love song overall? Um, love song. Ooh, of just in general. Okay. In general. You know I'm pulling up the Spotify. Do it. I want, I want to make sure that I, I'm trying to think of love songs. That's a good one. I need to listen to more love songs. <laughs> you know what? Um. Oh God, I'm going to pronounce this horribly, but the Louvre, the, like the Louvre by Lord, the, it's mm, like L-O-U-V-R-E. Yeah. I don't think it's like. The, the Lerve. The lyrics, that thing, yeah, yeah, that song I love. That's an amazing song. The production on it is just like, um, all your exes because it's such a like aggressive love song. Like, Mm. because it's like I love you so much, I want all of your exes to be dead. (laughs) Yeah, whoa. Like, because it's such a like twisted perspective that I think is just so interesting. It's basically like. No, like, it's basically like, it's one of those things where it's like the healthy perspective is like, all of your exes led you to me, taught you all the lessons. So you're the perfect man for me. And it's like, no, fuck nope. that. You're already perfect. Yep. Screw them. You know, um, Montana by Dea. Mm. I also really love that song just because um, it's really sweet. Like, I just want to wait. I want to, you know, there's times where it's like, like one thing I like about relationships or even when you're like with somebody even like on a date where you're like nobody else gets to have these memories you know like nobody else gets to see you in this moment this is just a memory that you and me get to have we get to be the ones who get to keep this feeling these memories and these conversations and the way you're laughing your inside jokes and I feel like 
Montana is just putting that, like, I want all of that with you. Just, I want us by ourselves having those memories and making those things. And it just feels like the production fits it beautifully. Um, it's one song that I really love. Even Pessimist by Julie Michaels, like, you made a pessimist turn into something else. Like, mm-hmm. that one's a great one. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, yeah, I feel like those those are, like, the main, main ones, but I'm trying to... Yeah. Don't try too hard. We got more. Yeah. yeah. Those, <laughs> okay. those are kind of like the veins. Yeah. Yeah. My, my next question is, cause I know this has been something like, I mean, obviously music is something that helps us get through really hard times. And I know mm-hmm. for me, like I, when I think about certain breakups, or like when I hear a certain song, it can literally take me back to like a train ride where I was just like playing it on repeat, like crying over a boy. And I think there are like certain songs. It's almost like you, you go through the stages of grief. I know for me, like when mm-hmm. I'm going through a breakup, I go through the stages of grief within songs where yep. it's like when I'm like sad, I'll listen to this one song on repeat. Then I'll get to like anger. Then I'll get to like acceptance and all that. Um, what do you have any songs that have helped you through breakups so that you've turned to in those times? Um, let me think. There's Truth Hurts. That also Boys Ain't Shit. That and like that last summer, I played that song so much, especially because my best friend went on Tinder and like that was a whole clusterfuck. And so, (laughs) as as it always is, as it always is, as the whole like snap, like moving to Snapchat, snap each Mm -hmm. other back, like that whole. And, um, and so we would always just end up playing like boys age shit. Um, and then I'm trying to think, there's there's like another one that was like super, super screamy, um, that I loved. Um, Oh, what was it? What was it? I'm trying to find it. Um, even now, like I even like, um, good for you. I love you. Like that one's pretty like, you know, like screamy, like you piss me off. Um, I I think the first time I heard that I was like, damn, I wish I was going through a breakup right now. Yeah. (laughs) I like okay wait I literally made a playlist that was like when insert person's name is pissing me off oh my god that's amazing I would play it there's some like songs that even just like hype me up to make me feel like oh yeah you know even like um freaking like so a couple like Cardi B songs. I don't particularly remember which ones, but like even like Body by Megan Thee Stallion. Like mm-hmm. it's, it helps me feel like, okay, I can do this. I can conquer anything, you know, oh, not yeah. even like you're not sold. Let me get over this. But um, yeah. And then like even Up by Cardi B, like that song gets me like. Gets going. you going. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, next one is, is there a song that you wish you wrote? There's so many. many. Um, Honestly, All Your Exes is one I wish I wrote. Deja Vu by Olivia Rodrigo. I fucking wish I wrote that song. (laughs) Even even when you said when the guy dated the girl after you, like he was doing, he was acting the same and and all of the same things. I was like, ah, it's Deja Vu. Deja Vu. Um, Drugs by Upsall. I wish I wrote that song. Um, Issues by Julie Michaels. Oh my God. I wish I wrote that song. Um uh there's crash my car by coin i wish i wrote that song that one bad liar i also by selena gomez i wish i wrote that song um on and off again by maggie rogers on and off oh my god I maggie. Wish, yeah. yeah i wish i wrote that song that's um 
And I'm sure that's about the person where you kept like breaking up, getting back together, breaking up, getting yeah. back together. Yep. Yeah. And then there's this girl named Variety. Variety. Um, she's a song called Think of Me. I cannot describe how pissed I was that I did not come up with that when I listened to that song. Because like the hook is like, I like it's basically about this guy who's cheating on his girlfriend and the girlfriend's talking about it. And it's like, I hope you fuck her with your eyes closed and think of me. Damn. Yep. Isn't it crazy when you hear these things? It's like, wait a second. Like I've thought these things, but like, why couldn't I articulate them in words? Why like, couldn't how? I? Even, why? even like, does she get deja vu when she's with yep. you? Yep. Like, duh, duh. like you take a universal experience that happens to literally everybody. Everyone. And turn it into Yep. It's, fine. it's fine. Yep. My feelings are hurt, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no i i fully fully get that oh my god and any single time i hear a song like that it's just like wait a second like no i've literally thought this I, i've said mm-hmm. this but like now it's this incredible thing that like everyone in the world gets to hear and be like oh my god this person was in my brain yeah yep. yeah it's crazy um if you could collab with any artist or songwriter who would it be oh gosh there's so many i feel like julie michaels is like obvious there's this um artist writer named delacy she's absolutely incredible it'd be a dream to collaborate with her um sasha alex sloan would be one that i would love to work with um chloe lilac um even dan nigro who's a producer mm-hmm. he's great um conan gray um there's this artist named chloe lilac maggie rogers um claro that would be one that would like blow my mind um Joji is a great one. Um, Tristan, who's an amazing artist. Um, Tove Strike is also another one. Um, Upsol, man, I would fucking love to work with her. Um, Carly Hansen, um, Olivia o- Rodrigo, obviously, and also Olivia O'Brien. Okay. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say that those are like the mains. Also, yeah. Alexander 23. Oh. Andrew so, so wait so funny alexander 23 so he when he first dropped out of school he was in a band called the heydays and i worked <laughs> with them that was like i was like oh like i like have mutual friends like i want to like, kind of break into the music world like maybe i can reach out and i literally facebook messaged them and then ended up like working with them for like a year or so and like, it's so like it's been insane to see like that was what like probably like eight years ago and now he's killing it and yeah. it's amazing Speaking of songs, I wish I wrote the "Miss Someone You've Never Met." Oh my god, yeah! Song never like yeah. that song is ridiculous. You, yeah. How can you miss someone you've never met? Okay. I don't know you yet. That's what it's called because I need you now, but I don't know I you, you yet. Yeah. Yep. Amazing. Frustration. So much frustration. Yep. Oh my god, I feel that. Okay, before I let you go, what is next for you? What do you want? the seeing other people family to check out to know to be on the lookout for um, yeah yeah all right so first thing check out abc defu came out august 13th and abc is going to be seen in a different light there's you know there's um gonna be an acoustic and then there's gonna be a few other little surprises amazing well i i will first of all i'll be linking that in the show notes definitely check it out and then everywhere on instagram i'll be doing swipe ups and all that and when these surprises come out i'll be posting them perfect thank you very much appreciated obviously uh that's so exciting where can everyone find you 
Um, you can find me on Instagram, Gail, just G-A-Y-L-E. You can find me on TikTok, Gail Can't Spell. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Who Is Gail? And I think Facebook is Gail Official. So Amazing. just G-A-Y-L-E. That's me. That's you. Thank you so much for being here. Any last words of wisdom? Um, you do you. You do you. <laughs> I love it. All right. And to everyone who tuned in, thank you again. Don't forget to leave a five-star rating, lovely review, follow Gail everywhere, listen to her music and tune in next time. I'll talk to you guys soon.